Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Febo. It's one of the toughest targets to achieve, being the best in the world, especially at the age of 36. But that's the exact pinnacle that Roger Federer has reached. His title in Rotterdam propelled him past longtime rival Rafael Nadal into top spot in the ATP rankings for the fourth time overall and for the first time since October 2012. And as always with the Swiss maestro, he broke records in cataclysmic fashion. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Fabo. Plenty to get through today. Joel Frucci and Josh Campbell in the house with me to talk about Roger Federer, Petra Kvitova's incredible form, which Josh did pick a couple of weeks ago. Uh, David Goffin's eye injury, which um, if you haven't seen the photos, do so on his Instagram. It's They're pretty horrific, actually. So, Quite um, eye-opening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> just slipped in the pun there, um, just because he can't open his eye properly. So you're just sticking it in there. Yep. Um, review of last week's action rankings, previews, um, and, well, you've already spoken already. Josh Campbell, how are you going? Yeah, really good. Really disappointing about Goffin. He didn't get his eye in quite in that game. We're starting already. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Joel Fritchie, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? Well, actually, why do I even bother asking? No, of course Roger, Roger Federer is number one in the world. How, how could anybody be upset unless you're Rafael Nadal? But, um, look, wow, that's all I can say. Um, I never thought I'd be sitting here or sitting anywhere saying that Roger Federer was number one in the world, maybe on the Champions or Seniors Tour, but not on the ATP World Tour again, um, let alone five and a half years after he did it the last time. And all he needed to do was reach the semifinals, had a bit of a blip in that match against Robin Haas, lost the first set, but ended up winning the second and third 6-1, 6-1, and then blazed to a 6-2, 6-2 win over Grigor Dimitrov in the final to win his 97th career title. So he's nearing the 100, third in Rotterdam, and... Uh, make his 303rd week as world number one. So, guys, just first first things first, give us your thoughts on, on what you made of the week. We'll start with you, Josh, and what you made of what Federer has done. Um, I don't know. There's not too much more you can say about Federer that hasn't been said before. The biggest thing we can say is just the fact that he continues to do it at this age. But all of the achievements, all of he's done, especially over this week, but more importantly over the last year or so, you're kind of expecting this from him now. Well, that's the thing, Joel. You, you actually are. Um, yeah, it, it, it's got to that point. About, about two years ago, you were expecting him to have these inconsistent performances against guys like Djokovic and, and Nadal, but now he goes in as a favourite to every single match he plays, even against Nadal, funnily enough, except maybe on clay. I think Nadal would still be the heavy favourite. But um, on hard and grass, you'd back Federer 10 times out of 10 um, at, at this stage, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, we were speaking about this very topic probably a year or two years ago when, you know, all the talk would be, you know, how long is Roger Federer, how long does he have left? And, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on that again um, a bit later in the show. But, like, as you said, Val, I mean, it, you know, uh, I, think jo- I think Josh said it well as well. Like, what, what more can you say? I mean, the guy's at the peak of his powers again, really. And, um, like, I'm not, I'm not really one for, for nicknames and that kind of thing. But, I mean, you look at a guy like Dimitrov, he's mini-fed so to speak. And I think it speaks volumes that, you know, you've got a, a much um, much younger sort of prototype in qu- quotation marks of, of Roger Federer. And by this point, we'd all sort of expected Dimitrov to almost overtake him and, and you know, be the, the new Fed. It hasn't happened yet. I think that speaks volumes. Well, no one's overtaken Federer in 14 years. 14 mm. years ago, he was world number one. 14 years later, he's reached that pinnacle again, which I find just staggering how he's been able to rejuvenate himself and remodel his game, which I think is the most impressive 
thing out of all of it. But quickly, I want to go through. I've written all these down. So the top 10 on Roger Federer's first day as world number one, the top 10 on his last day at world number one in 2012, and the top 10 now. So, Josh, I'm going to start with you because I've gone through with Joel about the (laughs) the 2004 uh, players in the top 10. Just name me a few players who you think were in the top 10 back at the start of 2004. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Leighton Hewitt? No. No. He didn't play the end of 2003 to try and bulk up. He only played Davis Cup. He was a Um, key figure of winning that, but didn't play ATP. Uh, it's um, it, it's difficult. There's a few names that you wouldn't think would be in there. Uh, Nalbandian? Yes. Nalbandian. So he was world number eight at that point. Okay. Ferrer? No. No? So that was just before he came on. Okay. Ferrer was about 07. Safin? No. No. Not Safin. So he did make the AO final that year. Juan Carlos Ferrero? Yes, he was world number two. Okay. So. Were any of uh, the older Americans in there? Agassi? Agassi, yes. So you've actually done pretty well. You've got Ferrero, Agassi, Nalbandian, um, Federer as well. So that's four. Can you get any more? I'll give I think you... this is really pushing it at this point. I'll give you one more go. There's one you're going to kick yourself when you realize. Most likely, yeah. There's one you're going to really kick yourself. Give up? Yeah, I'll, I'll All right. So Federer, Ferrero, Roddick. Oh, jeez. I don't know how you miss Roddy. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> he's just walking out right That's now. That's bad. Um, <laughs> Guillermo Coria, Andre Agassi, five. Oh, I was going to say Agassi as well. You did. I did say Agassi. You did say Agassi. <laughs> did say Agassi. <laughs> jeez, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> um, Rainer Schutler, at oh, sixth wow. in the world. Uh, Carlos Moya at seventh. David Nalbandian, eight. The Scud, Mark Villapousis at nine. Jeez. And Paradorn Strishafan. From Thailand, big in fan, number ten, big Ro- fan of his. Oh yeah, he's um, what a legend. Um, but yeah, he was at um, he rose five spots that week. I think had a good uh, good performance at the Australian Open. But there you go. In October two thousand and twelve, Joel, your turn. The uh, oh, okay. the, <laughs> the top ten when Federer was last world number one. This is a little bit more straightforward than yeah, what okay. he had to deal with. All right. So you got Federer. Okay. Uh, Nadal. Yep. Djokovic. Yep. So Nadal four, Djokovic two, Songa, uh, seven. Uh, oh, see, it's it's so easy that it's hard. Yeah. Um, who else have we got? Uh, you're leaving out one massive one. Yeah, probably um, Murray. Yeah. yeah so you got five of them. Uh, I think this was before Vavrinka's time. Yes, just. just. It was the um, next year. One left of center. I can't remember what year it was. It was that he was dominating the tour. Marty Fish. No, that was the no? year later. The year later. Okay. Um. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you the rest of them. You've left out Ferrer and Burdich. They were five and six. Oh yeah. No, um, no Songa kidding. seven. Del Potro eight. Tipserovic nine. Monaco ten. One Monaco. One Monaco in the top ten. That was the only time he ever got to the top ten. But um, yeah, Federer, Djokovic, Murray, Nadal were the top four. The current top ten: Federer, Nadal, Chilich, Dimitrov, Zverev, Team, Goffin, Sok, Anderson, Del Potro. You wouldn't think, looking back at 2012, that Federer, Nadal, and Del Potro would be the only guys out of that top ten. That is still there uh, at the I'm, moment. I'm sorry. Kevin Anderson is in the top 10. Yeah. Have you not done your research? No, no I have. I, I, I knew it. I just want to yeah. repeat that to everyone listening. Yeah. Kevin Anderson is inside the top 10. Again, The yeah. man Ryan labeled as, what was it? Trash. 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 Yeah. Jinx. Um, yeah, uh, He's inside the top 10 again. How has he done this? Well, good form. Good, US, yeah, US good form. Open final. Consistency. Yeah. yeah. Well, he lost again. Pretty much. <laughs> Jeez, we're having a good day yeah. today, aren't we? Jeez. Uh, I think we're in cahoots, but... Unbelievable stuff from Roger Federer, and we'll get to the rankings after the the current rankings that we'll talk about. But look, the record's broken. 
this is something that reading your eyes just pop up as someone like me who loves stats. So I was um I was getting really excited reading all these, but so the longest t- uh, stint between time at world number one, the previous record was three years and 142 days um, between that went to Andre Agassi. So he wasn't world number one from 96 to 99, got there at those, um, those two bookends. Federer, five years, 106 days, smashes that record. So just remarkable in itself. Oldest world number one. Roger Federer, 36. Agassi, 33. So, Andre Agassi's lost a considerable number of records over the last week or last year. Longest time between first and last day at world number one. Uh, Agassi had... Or Agassi was fourth year, so didn't have a record broken. Rafa had the record last year at nine years, 184 days, going back to the 18th of Feb, so Saturday. Federer, 14 years, 17 days. Which is for between time at world number one, how you can he hold... has been a world number one at the age of twenty two and thirty six. Exactly, which is just uh, there's no superlatives. He's a st- statistician's dream. Oh, he is, mm. and you've run out of you just run out of superlatives for what for what to say about Roger Federer. There's nothing to describe him anymore. Almost <laughs> maybe God. Yeah, well, just about, just yeah. about. And just to paint the picture to the listeners, Val's actually had to turn the page in his book. There's that many records coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there's one more too. Um, well, this he'd already broken, but he's going to expand his lead in it. Most weeks at world number one, Federer 303 now. Sampras was next on 286, which is a massive, massive result in itself. Lendl third on 270. Jimmy Connors 268. So... The Americans had a massive dominance on tennis in the late in the late ninety or late nineteen late twentieth century, I should say, and early part of this century with Sampras Agassi still going and Roddick, but Federer and Nadal have just overshot them all. But even Djokovic fifth all time mm. for weeks at number one. McEnroe one seventy. Nadal only in seventh. I think Nadal has spent probably a lot more weeks at world number two than he has at world number one, because he spent about a good three years there before he got there. Then Borg won 109, Agassi 101, and Hewitt 80 running at the top 10. But just just the scale of what Federer has done, Jimmy Connors played till he was 39, won 109 titles. His longest stint between first and last day at world number one was eight years, 339 days. Federer has beaten that by nearly six years, which is just... I, I, I'm speechless with what he's been able to do. And I know this is like a Federer love session, but guys, now I, I want to ask, when do you see him retiring? Because he's just, he's in that good a form. I've, I've got my own little opinion of this. I might have said it on the show already. I'm not sure, but I'll start with you, Josh, where you think or when you think Roger Federer will retire. If you can put um, a pinpoint date. I would possibly say the end of 2019. 2019, okay. So the end why, of, why end of next year. Um, I think he's going to be dominant this year. I think at some point this year he's going to be overtaken by. Oh, I think Archilich. Oh, That's right, Archilich. You did say that, yes. yes. But okay. have you seen the gap between them? Six thousand. I have. It's it's going to be a phenomenal when he does it as well. All right, when he does it. When he does it. You mean if he does it? When he does it. Um. um uh, so I think twenty twenty eighteen is going to be another fantastic year for him. Yep. I think at the start of twenty nineteen. Um. I I don't know if we'll necessarily see a form slip off. We could see um, the uh, the the toll that even has to take on God. I mean, at some point, he's going to have to take some sort of pressure on the body. So you wonder whether maybe the Australian Open or maybe going to the French Open, you could start to see that kind of deterioration in his body. Yeah. And then maybe at the end of 2019, he decides to call it... Call it a day? Yeah. Either that or 
he's made that decision in 2019 and he says 2020 at the start of 2020 this is going to be my retiring year and then has like a federal like tour around the world basically for his last year and i hope that happens because of all players he deserves that tour i don't think he and i know this is something that roger probably would do and just call it straight away and say i'm done but i want federer to have that tour and for people to know because I think just to give the crowd one last yeah, time. Yeah, it wouldn't be doing it for him. Them. It'd be doing it for everybody else. He'd be yeah. doing everyone else a favour for getting us one last glimpse of the greatest tennis player of all time. And he's been so good for tennis. I think that yeah. it's kind of his duty to do it. Um, look, we shouldn't be telling Roger Federer what to do. He can do whatever <laughs> the hell he wants. Um, but Joel, when do you see him retiring? Well, I mean, like this is part of the thing with, with Roger Federer. I mean, we just don't know anymore. No. Previously, I would have said, okay, maybe let's 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 get to... Um, you know, let's get to the 19 or, you know, even even 20 just for the, the whole like, sentimental value of winning 20 slams. But he's done that now and he's still playing phenomenal tennis. He's got no reason to retire at all. Like, there's there's no reason why he, he can't win another two or three slams. Um, well, yeah. So, like, I, I to be honest, Val, I, and this is just a bit of a, a precursor to what, what I'm sure you're going to say, but I almost like uh, your theory and, and Rog chasing the, the one thing that he still hasn't got yet. So maybe if you want to explain that. Well, the one thing that Federer hasn't won, apart from you know the couple of Masters one thousands that eluded him, but the big one is the Golden Slam to take that Olympic singles gold medal. He's got a silver, he's got an Olympic doubles gold medal, but he hasn't got the singles. Um, so the you singles reckon, you gold. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty will be his final year. He'll have that farewell tour, which I think he should have. Play all four majors. I don't even think he'll play the. I don't think he'll play the French this year. I reckon he might even miss it next year. I think twenty twenty. In his last year, he will play the French, and that's the indication, I think. If he plays the French this year, then maybe, look, this might be his last year. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, this year's not his last year. No, I don't Barring think so. Barring a serious injury. He's, yes. He's... Um, <laughs> touch wood. Yeah, um, yeah uh, touching, like, aggressively, because um, I do not want that to happen. I want him to go to 2020 and get this. I think that would be the, the true fairy tale of the sport, wouldn't it? To be, how old would he be then? He'd be... 30, turning 30, he'd be 39 years old. Jimmy Connors played till he, till he was 39. And if he can get that Olympic gold medal in his final year of tennis and just bow out with that, I think that would be one of the greatest, the greatest swan it, it, One of the greatest swan songs and one of the greatest moments in sporting history. Mm. I don't think there would be much that could top it. Because to be able to leave with an Olympic gold medal, guys... And I know that won't be his last tournament, not like a Flavia Panetta who says she's going to retire <laughs> and then and then ends up playing. But that'll be part of the swan, song, the swan song as a whole. And I think even if he doesn't win a slam or any other title that year, you can look at that and just say, Roger dominated Tokyo, he won the gold, and he's gone out like a true champion. He's won everything. Only two men have won the golden slam before. That's Agassi and Nadal. And... It's the one thing Nadal's done that Federer hasn't. So I think Roger would be striving to get that. He's had his chances, missed the Olympics in 2016 because of his injury. I think he would have been a chance to win it that year um, because with Murray winning it, Federer hasn't lost to Murray in such a long time. So um, I, look, I, I think 2020 is going to be the year and I hope he does it, as you said, with an announcement saying, this is it, this is my last year, get out and see me. 
um, because it'll be the last time you get to do so. Well, so. now for the listeners at home, there were more people in the Rotterdam tournament than just Federer. Yes, there, there was, was a bunch of other people in that tournament as well. There was. I just want, before we move on, tweet us at Breakpoint Pod when you think Roger Federer will retire. We want to hear what your opinions are and when you think he'll retire, how many t- titles he'll retire with. If he'll break Jimmy Connor's record of 190, needs 12 more to equal it. Um, so tweet us your thoughts at Breakpoint Pod and at VFebo96 at Joel Fritch at Camp Campbell D. Joshua. Tweet us your thoughts and see what, and we want to hear what you think. I also want to hear a tweet of what you think your favourite Federer stat is. Because there's, yes. there's, there's so many. Yeah. No, and my favourite, I think, guys, is he's the first man to win a Grand Slam with four kids. <laughs> It's that the most. Is, it's fantastic. the most obscure stat ever. Yeah. I don't know who thought of it, but I, I, I love it because who else? And two sets of twins, mind you, mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from Roger Federer because um, we'll, we'll move away from Rotterdam because okay. Petra Kvitova was on a roll on the weekend in uh, in Doha. Uh, well, she's putting the trauma of her home invasion behind her back at the end of 2016, claiming her second title of the year, second title in a row, I might add. Uh, 13 matches, uh, almost, no, sorry, not 13 matches, uh, 10, 10 matches unbeaten. Oh, no, 13, because she won both of her singles in the Fed Cup. Um, so 13 matches unbeaten. Uh, and re-entering the top 10 with a 3-6-6-3-6-4 win over Garbine Muguruza for a 22nd career title out in the Middle East in Doha. So... Like, you said it two weeks ago that she's the favourite for Wimbledon, and I, I do agree with you. I think she's the favourite already, but look, she'd be up there for other Grand Slams as well, wouldn't she, Josh? Yeah, um, I'd be interesting to see how she goes in the French. Uh, obviously not one of their favourite surfaces, yeah. but um, the way she's been playing at the moment, you you can't see her losing. The, the, the match against Gabi Muguruza was very competitive. I uh, thought it was very back and forth, um, and there was a lot of intensity in the game. One of the best uh, women's matches of the year so far, I don't... I don't know if you guys agree with that. Uh, it's up there, but I think there are a lot of matches at the Australian, Australian Open. Open that the, the yeah. top but again, I think was involved in all three. Because, because of the, the theatre of the Australian Open, maybe it adds a little bit to it. For just like for the tournament at Doha, I really thought it was an underrated match. For a sheer outside Grand Slam match, yeah. I think yes. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, but I think for sheer matches of 2018, uh, there's so many at the Australian Open that you could put in front of that. Well, um, well, I mean, her semi-final with Wozniacki as well was unbelievable. Yeah, well, exactly right. So, um, Petra Kvitova, she's on a roll. And, and Joel, how far do you think she can go in 2018? And Josh said, well, he's already predicting her for Wimbledon, so yeah. you can't change your pick now. Oh, right. she doesn't play. In. Um, but how far do you think she can go? She is a two-time Wimbledon champion. Mm. She's good on the grass. A lot of her titles have come on that surface. But the French and the US, is she dangerous enough to, to actually go far and maybe even win one of them? Uh, US, yes. Yeah. French, no. Um, I'd have to agree. Yeah. yeah, but look, Wimbledon, as as Josh has said, is is the one that that really stands out for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, just the power in, in her game, as we've seen um, in, in in past tournaments, is is exactly why she's always been at the at the forefront. But I mean, you know, there's 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 other contenders. So yeah, um, yeah look, but I think when that comes around, she she'd be up there as, as one of the ones to watch for sure. Yeah, and you kind of want to see her. Do or win another slam because say if she does win Wimbledon this year, she's won three slams at the same tournament. You don't want her to be sort of that one slam one player. Trick pony, yeah. And yes, Rafa's won all four, but he's almost a one slam player. He's won ten of his sixteen at one Grand what? Slam. Like, I know no, he's you, no, it's still pretty incredible. Though. It's pretty, it, no, no, no. Which you is, can't no. call him like a one trick pony for Clay. Like he's he's won no, every and, other tournament. No, and no, and obviously, I said, obviously I, Clay's his specialty. And but, he, I know he's won the. 
all for the career slam, but he'll be remembered for his French Open exploits. Oh, he'll definitely be remembered for his French Open exploits, like, but he'll be remembered as one of the greatest world number ones of all time, one of the greatest yeah. tennis players of all time, yeah. and the person uh, as a clay spe- specialist who could play all four surfaces yeah. almost as well. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, I think because Federer's won, yes, he's only won the one French, but he's won eight Wimbledon, he's won uh, five US, six Australian. He's got more of a spread. Nadal's got 10 at the one. One at but again, they're, they're two yeah. like again, grass and hard have a very are much more similar than either one of them are to yeah. play. Yeah. So the fact that Federer has only won the one, um, but made four other finals. He's made there. four other finals. Uh, yeah, but Nadal's made plenty of finals exactly. in um, the Australian, yeah. Wimbledon, and US as well. So again, to to say that Nadal is more of a one trick pony, I have to disagree with. Yeah, oh, well, I think yeah, it's it's interesting, but I think yeah, Kvitova, moving back to Kvitova, we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think. Yeah, I, I reckon she she would love to win another slam. Yeah. Um, and you've got women like Halep and Pliskova who just want to win one. But I think Kvitova would probably... She'd want the French or the US more so maybe than Wimbledon this year because... Again, I don't think she's thinking about, I'm not sure which Grand Slam yeah. I want to win the most. She's just, I want to win another Grand yeah. Slam. And if we asked her that, I'm sure she'd just say, no, I'm taking it one match at a time. Yes. Um, that bloody As cliche. As you're supposed to say. Yeah, I know. It's bloody annoying. I hate that cliche. Um, but quickly, before we move on to the break, uh, David Goffin, his eye in Rotterdam, was playing his semi-final against Grigor Dimitrov. A forehand down the line pass from the Bulgarian ricocheted off Goffin's racket straight into his right eye. Yeah, he didn't have his eye um, on the ball. You've said it again. That's that's enough. All right. Um, that was a different one. That was a different. No, wording. you said it before. No, no. I said it didn't have his eye in. Oh, all right. Okay. Say different. different Still pun. very similar. Tomato, tomato. Um, but look, it was it was horrific because his eye was bloodshot straight yeah. away, and he went and sat down. You could see the right eye was just as red as a tomato, and the other eye was just normal because he's got pretty thick blue eyes. And then he posted a photo on his Instagram, and if if you haven't seen it, do go have a look. Unless you're horrified by injuries, um, it's the pupil is almost black, isn't it? Mm, it's it's it's, yeah. it's it's not great. Um, Very unpleasant. So hopefully a speedy recovery for Goff. And I just want to point out Grigor Dimitrov as well. He has to be one of the best sportsmen on yeah. on the tour. Um, we saw in who was it against Kyle Edmund? In Brisbane, yep. he sprinted over the net to make sure his opponent was okay. And in um, uh, what's uh, in sorry Rotterdam, I'm having a mental blank uh, against Goffin. He sprinted over the net, jumped it to make sure Goffin was okay. And I think that's what you need in sport. You need guys like that that are going to do that. Um, he has a genuine care for his opponents, mm-hmm. which not many other players do have. Um, well, for a very individual sport, it's good to see players showing compassion yeah. for their competitors. Yeah, and Dimitrov and Goffin are very good friends yeah. as well. So I think that's great that he put those differences of playing against him aside and went over to make sure just that his mate was okay. Mm. Um, so uh, applause to Dimitrov. But other results from last week in New York, Kevin Anderson moved in, back into the top 10 with a 4-6-6-3-7-6 win over Sam Query. Dominated that third set tiebreak. Fourth career title for him. Dominic Team continued his clay court dominance. Uh, ninth career title, uh, the top seed defeating Aliage Bedenes 6-2-6-4 in Buenos Aires. And Jordan Thompson as well taking a challenger title in Chennai last week over Yuki Bambri in the final. Plenty more still to come on Breakpoint Podcast. We've got the rankings with the new and updated men's and women's top 10. A big change at the top that we've already discussed, but there's many more in the top 10 of the ATP, plus a few in the top 10 of the WTA with the Aussies and Rises and Sliders coming up this week. 
You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast, Val Ferbo, Joel Frucci and Josh Campbell all joining you from our Brunswick studio to chat about all things tennis. We've spoken about Federer, Kvitova and Goffin. Now it's all into the important rankings. This is, well, it's one that I've, I've been excited to read out all day. I know I've read out the top 10 already, but I want to reiterate with Joel, who's, this This is his speciality, this is his domain, the men's top 10. <laughs> There's a lot more changes. I didn't indicate the changes that were there. Um, so go for it, Joel. And let's let's hear it. Yeah, so obviously the uh, the big one up the top is uh, Roger Federer back on top of the tree. Val gives the old double fist pump or the triple fist pump. It was and, and the double cobra. The double cobra. The that's, double that's cobra. the one you need. Yeah. Uh, oh, jeez, don't do that again. Anyway, so Rafael, he's done it again. Never mind. Anyway, so <laughs> don't Rafa- tell me not to do something. I'm a rebel. Done. I won't do it again. Anyway, Rafa Nadal down one to two. Marin Cilic holds firm at number three. Grigor Dimitrov back up to four. That sees Alex Verev drop down one to five. Dominic Team at six, David Goffin seven, Jack Sock eight, Kevin Anderson up to a career high ranking of nine, with a, a ranking increase of two, and one Martin Del Potro rounds out the top ten, dropping one spot. Thank you, Joel. The Aussies now: Kyrgios fifteen unchanged, Ebden down nine to eighty-eight, Jordan Thompson up twelve, back into the top hundred with his challenger win uh, to ninety-five, John Milman one hundred and three unchanged, Deminor unchanged on one forty-one. Uh, Akira Santillan down 1 to 160. Bernard Tomic up 1 to 168. Jason Kubler 205 unchanged. Tanasi Kokonakis up 1 to 215. And Mark Polmans rounds out the Aussie top 10 at 223 unchanged. Rises and sliders time. Uh, Josh, I swear if you still mine, I will uh, I will never forgive you. <laughs> up one spot to number one. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Oh, no. Up three, do up three spots to 31. Uh, Andre Rublev, the Russian. I think I talked about him about a month yep. ago or so. You that, did? Um, he, Big year for him, I'm predicting, because he had a good run at the Australian Open, and um, yep. he's continuing that good form. Good run at the US too, quarterfinals there yep. last year. A lot of people forget that. I certainly did, and then I looked at it a few weeks ago and thought, geez, he's a Grand Slam quarterfinalist already. Yeah, he's so, um, a lot of things predicted for him. He's a really talented kid. Yep, fantastic. And Joel? Uh, well, it has to be Kevin Anderson, mm. um, up to, to number nine. Uh, so congratulations to him. It is a career high, as we've already said. Um, shout out to you, Ryan Tennyson. Uh, <laughs> Calling him trash. Um, yeah. I think Ryan's the trash at the moment. <laughs> yeah. We should tell. We should try and get in contact with Kevin and uh, and get Ryan on the show at the same time because okay. um, I'd love to have them in the same interview in the same room and just throw the elephant out there and just say, yeah, he called you trash. Um, say what you will, but I don't. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Um, my riser will, of course, up one to one. Roger Federer. I had to do it. Um, that's almost, nothing shocking about this. That's almost riser of the year for me. Yeah. That's done. Um, year end show if he stays at world number one. <laughs> that's mm. it. Riser of the year. Uh, sliders, Josh. Uh, down 14 spots to 58. Ryan Harrison. Mm. Massive drop for him. Yeah, definitely not good. Um, he couldn't defend his Memphis win from last year in New York, so they've swapped tournaments. Same yep. ownership, but um, couldn't defend the title. And uh, Joel? 
Uh, I've uh, got the hot dog. Uh, yeah. So he's uh, down nine to forty-four. And for people that don't know who the hot dog is, you should buy now. Alex Dolgopolov, of course, uh, hasn't played since the Australian Open. But part of that is uh, he didn't defend his uh, Buenos Aires title, so that's why he's lost all those rankings points. Yep, not good for the Ukrainian there. Mine is Joe Wilfried Song. I couldn't defend his ATP five hundred event points in Rotterdam, so down eight to twenty-seven. Pull out with a hamstring injury before the tournament, so not a good year so far for him. Probably would have liked to have done better at the Australian. Open and throughout the season so far, but he's got genuine quality and we'll see him back soon enough. The WTA top 10. Josh, that's yours. Uh, staying true at number one, Caroline Wozniacki. At two, Simona Halep. Up one spot to three, Gabi Muguruza. Down one to four, Alina Svitolina. At five, Caroline Pliskova. At six, Yelena Ostapenko. At seven, Caroline Garcia. At eight, Venus Williams. Nine, Angelique Kerber. And up 11 spots to Massive. 10. Patrick Kvitova. Absolutely huge. The Aussies, I'll take Ryan's job again. Uh, Down 1 to 17, Ash Barty. Gavrilova unchanged at 26. Sam Stozer down 1 to 45. Ila Tomjanovic, 98 unchanged. Arena Rodionova down 1 to 132. Olivia Rogowska at 147, down 1. Lizette Cabrera at 157 unchanged. Destiny Iava down 3 to 190. Priscilla Hon down 2 to 191. And Isabella Wallace down 8 to 252 in the world. So, risers and sliders for the WTA. We'll start with you this time, Joel. Yeah, well, my riser has to be CC Ballas, up 7 to 41, made the quarterfinals uh, in Doha. And if you think back to last year, she was actually one of my players to watch. Um, so, I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. That I'm, 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 Mate, you're on fire. I am on fire. She's had a very good start to the season. And, uh, well, hopefully it continues. I mean, she's got a lot of developing still to do, only 18 years old. But, yep. you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of talent there and we're starting to see that now. Oh, 100%. So uh, plenty of time for her to prosper on the WTA. And Josh? Well, this is unbelievable. There is a 29-year-old ranked 39 at the moment who's moved up four spots. And I hadn't heard of her until this morning. Oh, really? This morning? No, no, sorry, this afternoon. I meant to no. say this, this afternoon. Uh, I hadn't heard of her uh, until January. Mihaela Buzanescu. Mm. Came out uh, of unbelievable. nowhere. Romanian? I, I was thinking when I, I saw her name pop up in the rankings, I was thinking she might have been like a young 18, 19-year-old who'd made a push. But no, no she's been, apparently been around the tour for ages. Mm, she has. A uh, career yeah. high ranking for her as well. So yeah. 39, up four? Up four, exactly. Yeah, fantastic. And mine is Petra Kvitova. Well, up 11 spots Stole to 10. Stomp my one. I really want to say Petra Kvitova. Well, you could have. You I went, I've been claiming big, big You went it. before me. Yeah, I know, but so it, you could have written down nicely, so I thought I'd let, I'd let you take it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, next next time, next time, you gotta you gotta jump on it. I give you Federer, and I get nothing in return. I, I yeah, that's that's true. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry, man. Um, right. Uh, so that's my riser of the week. Sliders, Joel. Um, Joe Conta down one to twelve. Not really the best start to the season. Um, certainly by her very high standards. Uh. Obviously, round of 16 in Qatar and uh, round of second round at the Australian Open. So, mm. I mean, really, that's it's very poor from, yeah. from her. Um, you know, one of those players that we'd expect much better from. So. You could say Yoko Ono. Oh, yeah, you could Lord. say that. Yeah. How good is that? <laughs> How good is that? That is a headline. It's dream. I, I was, all right, well, obviously, it's not that good. No. Um, <laughs> Josh, go. Uh, down three spots to 53 outside of the top 50. Donna Vekic. Yeah, um, oh, look, she's still only 18. She's got plenty of time. I think that those players tend to have those blips, don't they? Up up and downs a little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you ask Penko, no, you just keep rising. But Yeah, well, who knows what she'll do when it comes to the French Open. If mm, she'll defend got... her title, you never know. I, I, so. I doubt she'll defend her title, but I, I mean, for someone that young with a lot of pressure that'll be put on her for that tournament, I, it'll be a big test to see how she pushes up against that. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's really exciting for 2018. Mine's what Monica Puig. 
the Olympic champion, mm. still our only title, down 17 to 70, uh, lost in the semifinals of, uh, sorry, didn't, uh, didn't defend her semifinal points from Doha last year. So really disappointing stuff from Puig. I thought after her Olympic win, she'd actually, you know, kickstart her career and really make inroads on the WTA, but she just hasn't been able to do it after winning such a prestigious tournament that, even, as I said, Roger Federer hasn't even won. Um, so he's definitely not won the women's singles anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, Is like, that next for him in his career? Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't think they'll let him in. But if, if they do, why not? Mm. Why not go for it? I mean, if they're allowing uh, men into the, the, the women's AFL, maybe they'll do it for the tennis as well. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. I, d- I doubt that will ever happen. Um, so, yeah, that's my slider of the week. And, yeah, we better get to a break before we start to go off the ball because we are rambling on about some very pointless things today here on Breakpoint. But up coming, or coming up, sorry, are the previews of this week and we'll reveal the standings of our new competition, the picks or the tips competition in 2018. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Ferbo, Joel Frucci and Josh Campbell, I was about to say Ryan Tennyson, um, are in the studio here today with you. And we are about to do our all-important previews and picks for two th- or for this upcoming week. We've got ATP events in Rio, Delroy Beach, Marseille, and the WTA heads to Dubai and Budapest. The st- current standings, last week they were me and Josh equal leading on 18, uh, Joel on 15 and Ryan on 14. Uh, as of current, because Josh didn't get his picks in last week, he was uh, he was pretty slack. So oh, honestly, I'm just giving you guys a chance to catch sitting up. Sitting in the naughty corner, you weren't even well. You were equal. I was in equal. Front. I was in the equal in the lead. So I don't therefore have... letting people a chance to catch up. Well, I didn't have mm-hmm. to catch up, so I've just pulled further ahead. I give you a little bit of a lead on me, so All then right, I can yeah. catch up All right. to you. All right, there he goes. Um, the arrogance got to be arrogant. A, somehow. The arrogance is a plenty in the Breakpoint Studio. Uh, I'm currently on 21. Joel is on 20 in second. Ryan on 19, and Josh all the way down in fourth. On 18 points. So, he's got a little Makes bit of work to do. Makes the underdog story even more special. <laughs> all right. Um, well I, I really hope you don't win this year because I'm going to replay all of these little arrogant moments at the end of the season and, and uh, then you'll um, then you'll rue the day yeah. that you said them. But the previews. ATP in Rio. Chilich, the top seed. Team, the defending champ, two. Carreño Busta, three. Ramos Vinales, four. Uh, Fabio Fonini, five. Diego Schwartzman, six. Pablo Cuevas is out. He was seven. Fernando Vadasco, eight. So our picks here. What have we got, Joel? Um, look, I think, to be honest with you, I think this is a, a bit of a, a boring one. Um, look, I've, I've gone for Chilich to win uh, against Dominic Team. So really, I mean, that's about as boring as it gets. I've got the same final, but a flip side, team over Chilich. Josh? Uh, well, Val's an idiot because Chilich is going to win, as he's going to do for the, the entire year. <laughs> All right, um, so I'm an idiot. Although, uh, I don't have team making the final. I have got the Italian stallion, Fabio Fognini, <laughs> making the final. Well, if you did see, he won set point in the second set yesterday after dropping his racket after his serve, and he's just, it's bounced right back up into his hand, and he's ended up coming uh, back and winning the point. It's it's typical Fabio fashion. It was the most um, Fognini thing possible. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, the ATP's caption was perfect. Fabio gonna Fabio. Yeah. Um, it was just perfect. <laughs> well said. Um, Delroy Beach, top C, Jack Sock, Josh's favourite player. One, Martin Del Potro. Two, Kevin Anderson was three, out with an elbow injury. Query was four, lost to Fritz this morning, 7-6 in the third. Kyrgios was five, out with an elbow injury. Surprise, surprise. Uh, John Isner at six. Adrian Manorino, seven. He's out with a hip injury. What a surprise. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, jeez. He's, he's just on fire with Manorino. Hyun Chung, first match back since the Australian Open. Uh, he's the eight seed. Milos Ranic was scheduled to play Jack Sock in the opening round. Because of Kyrgios pulling out, he got bumped up to ninth seed. And he gets well, a clean path, at least, to the quarterfinals. So... Picks here. Oh, Matty Ebden played. He lost to Tiafo in the first round. Same with JP Smith in the Aussie watch. He lost to Sock in the first round. Picks. What have you got, Josh? Uh, well, they, they say um, that, that there's bias in journalism, but I'm proving that there isn't because I've got Del Potro over Raonic in the final and no Jack Sock in that final. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I, it'd be funny if he won. Yeah, one week. The one week you didn't back him. The one week you didn't pick him. So who was it against? I've got Del Potro over Ranich. Del Potro over Ranich and Joel. He hears you, Campbell. Um, <laughs> no, I've got I've got Del Potro over Sock. Yeah, I've got the exact same as you. So I think uh, I think uh, you two were picking Sock over me. There's a lot of pressure now. Yeah, it's well, it really is. Um, I, for, his you, sake, for his sake, I really do hope he wins. I'm just I just don't predict he will. If you're wrong, we're going to rub it in so much. Um, in Marseille, David Goffin was the number one seed, but his eye injuries caused him to pull out. Stan Vavrinka two, Luca Pui three, Thomas Burdich four, Roberto Bautista Agu five, Muller six, Jumhur seven. Philip Kranjevic, eight, and Karen Khashanov, number nine. What are our picks here? We'll start with you, Joel. Uh, I've got uh, Luka Pui defeating Thomas Burdich. Fantastic. I've got, well, I've got Pui and Burdich again in the in the <laughs> final, but Burdich over Pui this time. And I've Josh. got Burdich over Vavinka, and I'm surprised neither one of you have gone with him. He is the number one seed. Well, he's two. He's like number two seed. He's the no, number two seed. He's the highest ranked player yes. left after Goffin pulled out, but I just don't think he's quite there yet. That's yeah, that's I'm, my only. I agree. That's my only uh, query with he, him. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't I be going. I with bring him. this up every week. He's he's had that reputation of similar Ferrer. I, I I think you disagree a little bit. Where when when he's a favourite in a tournament, he does often pull through. I'm okay, um, but look, I don't I don't think he's I think he's still on the on the mending track, and I just think he's happy playing tennis. Um, in Dubai, on the WTA side of things, Svitolina, the defending champ, uh, Gabinia Muguruza two. Um, Pliskova, three. Ostapenko, four. Garcia, five. Kerber, six. Konta, seven. Mladenovic was eight. Lost in straight sets to Naomi Osaka. Sam Stoza was belted after winning the first set against Annette Kontaveit. She won it 6-1. Also six, shocking. <laughs> she won it 6-1. Lost the next two, 6-2, six, 6-4. Two, six, what are our picks Oh, it's, that's classic Stoza, yeah. isn't oh, it? it was, oh, man. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It, yeah, 100 I just can't wait for Clay to start because then we'll see more consistent performances yeah. from her. Or we, we hope, anyway. What are your picks for Dubai, Josh? Uh, well, I've got Muguruza beating Svitolina in the final. Fantastic. And Joel? Uh, I have Pliskova defeating Muguruza, actually. Fantastic. I've got uh, Svitolina over Garcia in the final. I don't have Muguruza, but look, she might get there with the form that she's in. In uh, Budapest, I didn't realise this tournament was actually on until earlier today. Um, Sibulkova, top seed. Zhang Shui, two. Tamea Barbos, three, the defending champ. Uh, Serrano Sestea, four. Buzanescu, five, Josh's new favourite player. Um, Alexandra Sasnovic, six. She'll probably grunt the roof off the joint. Um, uh, uh, Krunic, seventh. Uh, Alexandra Krunic, sorry, uh, and Donna Vekic in eighth seeding. So, Rodionova Arena, she qualified. Um, she'll play Jung Shui, the second seed in the opening round tonight. What are our picks for this tournament? Uh, I've got Tamir Barbos defending her title and knocking over Sabine Lasik in the final. Thank you, Joel. Uh, well, I've, uh, I don't want to spoil this for you, but I've gone very similar to Val, and I've gone Lasiki over Sibulkova in the final. Thank you. Yes, uh, Lasiki, the dangerous floater, unseeded in the draw. And, uh, yeah, I've got her beating um, Sibulkova in the final, the top seed. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for Breakpoint Podcast. We're flying through these at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Josh Campbell, thank you very much for being on the show. No worries, Val. Great to be here. And Joel Fritchie as well. Thank you so much. See you next week, mate. See you next week. That's it for Breakpoint this week. We'll catch you next Wednesday. Hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week. I've been 
Val Febo.